0: of any episode, or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening, and please enjoy the show. Welcome to Feeding Curiosity. Wait a second. Welcome to Feeding Curiosity. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is an amazing service. If I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm listening to Audible. And Audible... For me, I, you know, if it wasn't for the podcast themselves, I would never even, like, give them a chance, because I was like, listening to a book, that's cheating, right? Wrong. It's actually better. And last week, I mentioned Joe Amber The First Lost Series, which is a three-part fantasy novel. Th- the thing about The First Lost Series is that it comes to life because of the narrator in the audiobook. I really enjoyed the way the narrator changed his voice and, you know, basically gave life to the story more than just the... the you would do if you were listening to the or reading the book yourself right because you can't I mean unless you're really skilled you're not going to be able to create voices and all those kind of cool tidbits there and so for me when you have an audiobook like that it's just really fun to be able to have a a different sensory experience with a book right because it gives you more profound and kind of like you get to understand the characters a little bit more and kind of make this almost movie inside your head as you listen to the story. So with that, everyone, head over to audibletrial.com forward slash feeding curiosity. That's audibletrial.com forward slash feeding curiosity to start your free membership today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Feeding Curiosity. And before I get into today's guest, I want to throw out a few things to you guys. First things first, I wanted to mention that I want to know who you guys are that are listening to the podcast, because I think part of this is a journey for... Me as much as it is for you guys. And I want to know what you guys are taking away from these episodes and just interact with the community more and like what you guys are finding useful in these conversations that I'm having. Because I'm learning a crazy amount, but I'm not, you know, I don't know who you guys are that are listening to this. And I really want to figure out what kind of people you are. And the analytics on the side of the podcast don't really give me that kind of stuff. So if you guys can find me on Twitter, which is Eric Wenzel um, on Twitter, E R I C H W E N Z E L. Or you can find Feeding Curiosity, either one of those. You can go tweet me there. And there's also a Feeding Curiosity Facebook page, which is also there. And then the last thing is I have set up a newsletter form on the website. So if you go to the homepage, it's going to feedingcuriosity.net. You'll be able to go in there and find a little sign-up form, and in, in the future, once I get people signed up for it, I want to start doing, like, maybe a monthly newsletter Newsletter of what, you know, episodes podcast came out, any new blogs I post, anything like that, anything I find interesting, maybe articles I've read, or uh, other podcasts that I'm listening to that I really think you guys can gain from, too, uh, and just start cataloging things, or even, like, books I'm reading, too, whatever you want to do with it, so, so punch over there and check that out, too, and then uh, that's it. So, today's guest is John White. So, John White is a sales manager over at NTS, National Technical Systems. He he works with me currently at my job as a test technician. He's one of the sales guys, so I work really closely with him to basically make sure that our customer needs are met and we can perform the tests that we do. Not to go too deep into it, but... I wanted him on the podcast because he was one of the first salespeople that I was able to interact with, and he was really interested in the technical side of my job. Basically, what, what do you do, how do you do it, and then what do I need to know to make sure that you know, we're aligning our, our goals together, basically, in a working format. And then he also really had this curiosity about him. He would talk about books and things like that that I just was like really interested in, and it, it just felt like there was something more beyond what we we're you know you're normally exposed to in a working environment. So it was just a really natural progression for me to ask him to be on the show. So John has thirty six years of experience in the sales world, and he just he's all self taught in the sense that he really doesn't didn't go to school for it. He went straight into sales as he graduated high school back in the 80s and after that his life just took turns and he made it work and i I think it's really good to to have these kind of perspectives of people who learn on the job because I, i really find that when you are thrown into situations you learn much more quickly and effectively than if you're just doing book learning and uh I'm not going to spend too much more time on it because you guys can see the bio and stuff like that, but it, this is a really great conversation and we kind of go all over the place, but communication is super important and it's not just important in sales, it's important in everything you do. And There's a reason why it's the number one class that many of the business professionals say that is the most recommended is proper communication or effective communication at that. So without further ado, this episode is with John White. So we're going to jump right into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Feeding Curiosity. We are joined by John White. And how are you doing today, John? Doing great. And so it's a Friday here over here at work, and I finally got you to get here, sit across the table from me, and we're finally doing the podcast after like three weeks of show- giving you questions and all that. So uh, just give me a quick little bio of your experience, and we'll go from there.
1: Well, my experience has
0: been in sales over 36 years. I've been in
1: uh manufacturing and distribution of electrical electronic products, focusing mostly on the wiring cable portion. And uh, I've had district sales manager jobs, regional sales, national sales. I've worked with international companies. And it has been a long career with uh, too many companies through downsizings and layoffs and mergers. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, But it's been a very interesting career.
0: Cool. So if you want to just I think the best way to start, because, you know, there's a lot of people that get into sales, right? But they don't really, they just think of sales as business, right? Correct. They don't think of it like an art, like a craft to it, so to speak. Correct. And so I think the best way to start is, like, where you got into it, and then, like, how did you start taking it, I guess, more seriously than the average person? Well... I, I guess it's
1: because I've always been considered more serious than the average person at <laughs> times. Um, I got into it right after high school. I started working with a company three months after high school. I wasn't a four-year degree type of a graded person, so I did go to community college and then and, and a smaller college. But I started working two months after high school in a manufacturing company of wire and cable. Three or four years after that, I got into sales. Um, I always had a, the personality for it. I understood the product that I was selling because I came from how it was manufactured. Mm-hmm. So I always had that knowledge as well. And then I grew on that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people do get into it just because they want to make money. Right, exactly. Which I'm sure we'll get into, but that <laughs> is usually the wrong reason. It's a good reason, but it's the wrong reason right. overall.
0: Because it's not, you're not looking at it in a deeper perspective of, like, what can I gain from this or, like, what do I bring to the table, right? Exactly. Because I think, I think when you came here, so you're relatively new to our company, NTS. Yes. Uh, it's like three months now? Two and a half. Two and a half. So, yeah, it was right in the ballpark. And from my experience, I've, I got four years in this business, and a lot of the people that I've worked with at sales don't have a lot of technical experience. And that's kind of what drew me to you in the beginning to kind of mm-hmm. ask you to be on this. Because I think a salesperson like at least from my perspective I like to know a little bit about everything and how the business works right in general because then I can then base my you know opinions my ethic my whatever it is you know communicating with a customer properly is just better when you have the ability to, you have a, a broader picture of how things are working. Correct. And so for you, I was like, wow, really kind of like taking it back a little bit to see someone as a salesperson, because a lot of what I deal with, they try to be as hands off as possible, mm-hmm. where they go, they get the quote, and then they do their job, and then that's it, right? Like if you ask them a question or something, they, they feel annoyed or you're like, oh, that's not my job.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a very, very great point and a good question. Um, and too many times people feel that, well, I'm in sales, I'm not in engineering. I'm in purchasing, I'm not in engineering. I'm in engineering, I'm not in sales. Uh, my feeling is, and what's worked for me, and what's worked for people that I know that have been successful, is if you're in sales for a company, whether you manufacture cars, or you manufacture furniture, or you sell cookware, or you sell jewelry, a successful person is gonna be a credit toward their customer and be able to serve them better if they understand it from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to be an engineer with, you know, multiple degrees. No. But if you're selling a product, you should know how it's manufactured, mm-hmm. you should know what its capabilities are, you should know what that product can do and cannot do. Mm-hmm. By knowing what it can do, what it cannot do, how it can perform and what type of applications it can perform in, you're going to be able to serve your customer much better. Because customers nowadays don't just come to somebody and give them a part number or request, expect expected (laughs) price. They want someone that's going to be interested in their product. Mm -hmm. And if you're not interested and you don't have the knowledge of your own product, how are you ever going to be interested in the customer's product?
0: Right, yeah. And so I guess the the question that comes to mind there is how do you, you know, because everything is a service industry, right? So, like, how do you... Get a, like a request from a customer. This is just general, not specifically to here. But like, how do you when you get a request and the customer has you know all these bulleted points? It's not just a price tag they want, right? Correct. They don't want the lowest price. They want you to be you know involved and give them more, right? And yes. be like, hey, there's like with me and you, we always get like we interact probably every day about a customer quote or something like that. Well, and it's yeah, really,
1: they're, they're coming to you because you're 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 good in your field and you have a reputation of service and they don't just want you to perform a simple service for them, Mm -hmm. they want to know from you how their products can be better. When we perform a test, whether it's an electronic test or a temperature test, If there's something going on with the customer's product that seems to be a little faulty, we Mm -hmm. can let them know before it gets out into the market. Right, yeah. Other companies won't do that. We can let them know and isolate the problems. The better we are at serving them, the better their product's gonna be. Right. And that ends up being not just a customer, but a relationship.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully
1: for years and years (laughs) and long term.
0: So is that how you view most of what sales is to you, is building relationships?
1: Absolutely. If you don't have a good relationship with your customer, then all you're doing is just shuffling paper. Mm -hmm. Um, By that said, when you go through the tough times in sales, when business is down, you have to sustain that relationship. When business is up, you never want to take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And during my career, there has been a lot of downsizings, and I've, I've had to change companies through mergers, layoffs, whatever. I've retained some customers, and even still, I could probably bring them into the the testing industry that we're in. I've had some customers for 25 years that I've had good relationships with, mm-hmm. no matter where what company I've been at.
0: Hey, so you've been like able to bring them with you Absolutely. as you've been able to. Absolutely,
1: that's awesome. They always want to know where you. Let me know where you end up. Mm-hmm. Let me know what you're doing. Uh, send me some information. Let's see if we can keep you know keep things going.
0: So I guess to kind of change gears a little bit because you're you're getting really tactical with like how to you know customer relations and things like that. Um, how would you if there was any advice you give someone who's like just starting out with sales or thinking about sales and marketing is like going as a like a degree even or as like a like a profession for themselves like any tips or even books that they should read or look anything they should look at i would
1: say if you're just starting off in sales the The one thing that I learned later in my career, which if I could tell somebody now who was maybe 24 (laughs) or 25 years old. Right, yeah, my age basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, is be a good listener. Mm -hmm. You have to have good listening skills. It'll help you out at home, it'll help Mm -hmm. you with your friends, but if you're gonna be in sales, you have to be a good listener. You have to be able to listen to what the customer is telling you and act on that. Mm -hmm. If If you go into a presentation and you just talk and talk and talk, and God forbid you talk over the individual that you're trying to to work with, and I don't even say sell to, but that you're trying to grow a relationship with, um, it's not going to go anywhere. You have to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. As far as uh, reading, I mean, uh, understanding businesses and how they run and how you know the finances are, are controlled yeah. is a good understanding. And if you're going into a particular type of a sales, mm-hmm. if you're going to sell cars, if you're going to sell electronics, if you're going to sell... Uh, batteries. Or you're going to sell furniture. Find out everything you can about it. Read constantly. Yeah, you know, reading is almost a free education. Absolutely, you can read online. You can <laughs> read books. Um, I, I during during downtimes and layoffs. I probably read more than when I am working because Mm -hmm. I want to keep sharp on what's changing in the industry and I also want to keep my skills sharp.
0: Do you have any favorite books or just in general? Does it have Um, to be fiction or, I mean, nonfiction for that matter, but just anything that you enjoy? You know, I've read a couple of books
1: about different people. Um, I've read a book, uh, one, I don't recall the name of it, um, but I read a book about Warren Buffett. I read several books um, about, I read a lot of books that are... um, Time management oriented. Okay. Managing your yeah. time properly. Um, on, on a humorous note, my wife told me years ago that I don't listen as well. <laughs> so I read three different books about listening. Uh-huh. And now I've had customers and coworkers tell me that, and friends, that my listening skills are excellent. because. Awesome. I you have to make the customer feel like they're the only person in the room and in the world. Yeah. Just like any and just like listening to anybody, you have to give them yeah. undivided attention. I mean that's attention. just
0: relationship advice, you know, right?
1: phones down, pens down unless you're taking notes of course. Right. But you have to you have to listen to their skill. You yeah. have to listen to what they want. Yeah,
0: and I, I can add these books in later like in the description of the podcast. So if you go home and you find those books, I'm sure I'll stumble mm. across them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, and then the last one would be like any like stories like maybe not stumbling blocks but any like worthwhile stories that you've had in your career would be a cool like way of showing growth in your in your own way like you know mentors you had even or anyone who helped you Well that, that's a good point. Um, I had a mentor when I first got into
1: sales. Uh, he coached me he helped polish me develop my skills, presentation skills, working with customers. Um, he was my I reported to him for 16 years. We remain good friends. Um, I was at one time a national sales manager, and he worked for a company that represented us, so then he reported to me. Okay. And we've remained good friends. We talk almost every couple of weeks. That and cool. we had lunch <laughs> last week. And I've, he's just been a great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing he, uh, I mean, he always, when we were in a sales group many, many years ago, he was probably a little harder on me mm-hmm. than the other salespeople and i asked him many years later and he said well the reason was i knew you could handle it right he said you you know you grew up in a tough neighborhood you came up through the ranks you you started in the factory and he said i, I just wanted to you know i wanted you to do well yeah. and i knew you could handle it so i would say if, if you have a mentor somebody that has your has your best interest at heart has your back mm-hmm. somebody that you can work with and somebody that'll listen and you know listen to ideas that you bounce off them and vice versa right um, it's a good relationship to have because um, chances are they might have gone through what you're going through. They would understand your industry um, better than you do at that time, and obviously you're gonna yeah. you're gonna grow and understand it because this individual still comes to me and asks me about product or oh, customers. Cool. So it's it was really a give and take, and it's. Uh, It's been a long, long relationship that's Mm -hmm. had a lot of benefits and rewards for each of us.
0: Yeah, I I think just from like the mentor side of things, for me, when I see people who have a lot of like, you know, industry knowledge, right? They're in the field for 20 years Mm -hmm. doing that one thing. I think a lot of people my age kind of look at those people and say, oh, they're old. They're stuck in their ways. That kind of like they, they take it as they're in the way in some ways. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I I could see that. but, But I'm building on it is where I think those people, for me, those are the kind of people you want to make a relationship with because True. they have so much trapped knowledge that you can't find in a book you can't take a class for it you can't you know you can be around them while you that you see their process right like so True. me and you've kind of had this thing True. where you we've had you know kind of customer interactions like and you're like you know kind of showing me the ropes in in sales because i'm not intrinsically related to it but it's still important to be able to
1: i would agree um, a lot of the Uh, say veterans like myself of the industry or of of any industry we we have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge I should back that up we have a lot of (laughs) knowledge and that a lot of that knowledge with with somebody who's younger and coming out of college uh, they may feel that it is matched and sometimes it could be Mm -hmm. however the experiences that we've been through um, is something that you will not learn in a in a in a in a educational place uh, school or, or university Um, the experience in dealing with customers, Mm -hmm. in solving customers' problems. Yeah. Um, You could look at a spreadsheet and try to solve a problem. I'm a firm believer if a customer (laughs) is upset, don't look at your systems, don't look at your procedures. First thing you have to do is call them on the phone. Right. Don't send them an email, but talk to them and listen to them, Mm -hmm. and that way they know someone is really listening to what their concerns are. Mm -hmm. So there's, and I, being in this industry of testing certification and inspection, I have learned a lot. I came from manufacturing, and I was able to read prints and stuff like that, but I'm learning a lot, and I'm relying on people virtually half my age. (laughs) and picking their brain as they're maybe picking mine as well right so it's 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 a symbiotic and it's relationship. been a very it's been a very solid and enjoyable time so far
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think it's always interesting to go even if it's like tangentially related to fields you've already been in sure it's still a a, a you know kind of a world shift in some ways where you have to very kind much. of get used to different like seeing the world in a different way and i think especially in our industry where it's kind of outside of the normal world view in some ways it is because we're working at, at a different level of how quality and manufacturing is because' we're, we're kind of like that midway point between manufacturing and like creating yes you know and engineering I guess you would call it
1: yeah and, the, and a lot of the customers are relevant whether they're uh, I've sold to some of the main, some of the same customers over my over mm-hmm. my career. And we're looking at products that um, have cables and connectors on them that we're going to be testing, and it's not such a foreign entity anymore. Right. It's yeah. Something that is uh, very familiar. And once I started seeing that about three weeks ago, it was actually very comforting too. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Because I now was
1: the smarter one of the smarter people in the room.
0: Yeah, because you're like, well, I have I have a whole bunch of experience in this kind of area. Exactly. Um, I, I think the next part would be any sort of mistakes that you see broadly made in this the field of like sales and marketing like people who i guess maybe jump the gun or anything like that
1: i would say one of the mistakes that people make in marketing is they don't either they do either don't understand the product they're trying to market or they don't understand the demographic they're trying to market to okay uh case in point i saw a brochure recently for something Uh, a company had come up with it and um the 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 text in it was geared towards one thing, but the picture in it was geared towards something completely different. It would be like it would be like talking about um, a product that you know, like red meat and its protein and how to cook it, and showing a picture of a candy bar. It was just totally irrelevant and it didn't even work properly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest mistakes somebody can make in sales is, I feel, is not doing anything. Too many people will waste time, and they will go out and meet with a customer, maybe get an opportunity, work with their engineers, work with their people in costing or procurement, submit a quote, let's say it's 10,000, 50,000, or 200,000, depending on what it is you're selling or or service you're providing, and they won't do anything. They won't follow up, they won't call the customer and say, how did the quote look? Mm -hmm. They won't even ask if there's anything more. They won't Mm -hmm. even ask for the order. And, you know, they think that part of sales is just bringing in the opportunity, Mm -hmm. and then the rest of it will take care of itself. Right. Well, if that was the case, there'd only be one company manufacturing one thing, (laughs) you know, and everybody would buy that one thing. Right. Um, So people don't realize that the sales process starts with, hi, how are you? My name's John White. This is what I do. And it ends years and years and years later from a continuous flow of communication. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's it, it can be a long process it can be a fruitful process mm-hmm. but it's the it's the one industry that it's not recession proof but right. if you're good in sales and you're good with people you can always find a job yeah. and you could always keep a
0: job mm-hmm. it sounds like right now the two things I'm, I'm I'm picking up is effective communication and effective listening are the two biggest. Like points that you're 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 circling around constantly here, and for me it's it's one of those skills, especially as as a person who's young. You know you, you you're not sure of your own voice. You know your everything's kind of new to you and all that kind of stuff. Where you don't know, you know how to I guess effectively carry yourself in situations because mm-hmm. you can come off as entitled, especially of a degree. A lot of people feel like mm-hmm. they're you know they're owed something because they already have achieved something right without actually being out in the working world. Kind of true true. Um, so for me, is is it's like trying to figure out the the happy medium, right? Because there's a there's like a point where you can be too aggressive with communication, right? If you mm-hmm. you become a gnat on the wall, almost, so to speak. So, is there a balance in that? There is, and you know, one of
1: it is, and it gets back to that. You know, you could be just out of college. You could have a degree. And you can get your job, your first job. You got your laptop, your sample case, <laughs> and it gets to it gets back to asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you like to talk, yeah. And I've been talking since I was old enough to, <laughs> um, and I, I've I've it's helped me. I don't think it's ever helped me lose a job, but it's helped me get jobs. <laughs> but um, if you like to talk and you like to talk to people and all different types of people, then all you got to do is just ask them questions. One of the num one of the one of the top uh, characteristics of successful relationships mm-hmm. per Dale Carnegie in the seven in, in in the book he came out with years ago.
0: Is that the effective executive?
1: Yes. Yes. Which is getting people to talk about themselves. Absolutely. People like to see their name up in lights, they like to see their name like on a calendar <laughs> or up on a we we've recently put it up on a screen when somebody comes in. And people like to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are more interesting than me. That's why I talk and find out about them. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to hear about my hobbies but I if the, if I see that they have a, a golf a golf uh, picture I want to know oh, oh, there where you go. Where, did, where did you go golfing at who was that some event Yeah. and people like to do that as yeah. soon as they're comfortable talking to you that's that's about 30 40% of it
0: yeah and you know listen to what they say mm-hmm. so it sounds like you're you're able to like pick up on something about that person and, exactly. You know, that's not work related, right? Exactly. So you're breaking out of that barrier of what, you know, it's not just I'm here for work, I need something from this person, it doesn't matter who it is. you're trying to say no this is personal this is you know there's a connection between me John White as a salesman and then you the customer at at a personal level not just as a business relation
1: exactly (laughs) and and, you know on on a side note whatever you try to pick up for them try not to better it if the guy says oh I golf a lot and I'm about a 20 handicap don't say well I'm about a 10 (laughs) you want to make sure that you compliment them and say oh that's great you know maybe we can get out sometime or or whatever but Mm -hmm. you always want to be conscious of the fact the fact that they invited you there mm-hmm. and they could have invited anybody else right and whatever it is you're selling whatever it is you're marketing there's a hundred companies doing the same thing right do it better than them
0: yeah so the, the, I guess the one thing it kind of r- reminds you of is kind of like the questions that I asked you to get you thinking about this mm-hmm. you know and you you, you you came up to me afterwards you're like how did you think of those questions right and I think that goes back to sales right being a, a good good at listening and asking questions exactly. knowing your audience right exactly. you know you know who know who you're communicating to and then trying to ask them something i guess in the form of sales is not as much but asking them something that's out of their normal realm of questions right you probably right. get asked you know the same five questions all the time but if you get asked something that's unique you're like oh that's interesting right it catches your eye and it's more interesting then right because you're more actively engaged and I that's a, that's a great point point. and I'll tell you something that
1: it, this may be the holy grail of anybody that listens to this and anybody in sales or thinking about sales this could be the the magna carta the holy grail this this is <laughs> this is what's worked for me over and I just started doing this maybe 10 15 years ago I find if I'm telling selling something to a customer let's say a piece of cable or an electronic part or something like that I ask there's two main questions I ask them mm-hmm. What does your current supplier do that you really, really like? Okay. It could be a good delivery. It could be, oh, they do this type of packaging or they have this type of freight policy. What does your current supplier do that you really, really like? And the other question is, what do your current suppliers not do that you wish they did? Oh, there. that's a really... <laughs> so by that, that being said, I find out what they want that their suppliers are not doing. I figure out a way to do it. And I also find out what they like about those suppliers, and I figure out a way to do it better. Mm-hmm. So if they like a quick turnaround, if they like engineering support, I right. make sure next time I go out, I have an engineer with me. Mm-hmm. If, they, if nobody has been able to build a certain type of product they want, I figure out a way to build it. Right. And ultimately, if you're selling a product that's going to go onto a print of a spec, a blueprint, mm-hmm. you get that part number on there, and that way you have done a great job mm-hmm. in servicing that. But I think those are probably the two best things you could ask a customer in any – it doesn't matter what you're selling. Yeah. What does your current supplier do that you like and what do you wish they would do?
0: That's a, that's a really insightful question, especially that second one because it, it's like a, a double whammy because it's, it's getting the wish of what they want or wish they had and you're also getting what they don't do at the same time with one question.
1: And it challenges you. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you have to perform and that's what sales is all about. Anybody can be a low price. Right. I, all my career, I've never worked for a company where we were the lowest priced person on the block. I never wanted to. I wanted to be the company that had the best quality, right. had the best service, and ultimately had me out in the field. Right. So
0: I, I think striving for quality over quantity is is a new, not new per se, but it's it's resurging, right? Because we went through the industrial Re- revolution with you know. Mass production, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's turning back into how do you get the most value to a customer? Period, right? So you see new companies coming up with like, for me, fitness and health is really important. Mm-hmm. But I don't buy the products that's the cheapest. I look for the ones that give me the you know the eighty twenty principle. If, I'm assuming you're familiar because of sales. Yeah. I try to find things that do that for me, where it's maybe it's a little bit more expensive upfront, but the value I gain from that one product sure. would co- would be cost me, you know, ten times more to buy every single one of those products that would be into that one. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I think that's really important to kind of you know. I try to think of like sales, even though it it's really seems, you know, focused in one area, right? Mm-hmm. Selling things to people. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the principles of sales can be applied anywhere.
1: I've I've been applying them to everything in my life practically. I mean, I'm getting some uh, home improvements done, and I'm Mm -hmm. on probably six or seven quotes right now, Mm
0: -hmm. and they're
1: very, very diverse. Right. Um, But I look at the people that respond quick, the people that are local, because I like to support the local guy. Right. Um, The people that are very professional, the people that Mm -hmm. call back when you leave a voicemail. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would rather pay a little more for great service and know they're gonna do a good job and stand by their work yeah than somebody who is just the cheapest guy in the block who I have to chase down. You know <laughs> yeah. the, the, one thing about being in sales is when you are then in the position of the customer, yeah. then it's finally fine. It's finally a, a good situation. You know, you want to make sure that pizza <laughs> delivery is right, that your sport coat is cut right, that your that whatever it is you're buying, you, you really want it to go well because yeah you know you're now you're now the pers- you're now the consumer it's
0: like you get to be the stress tester of that particular salesperson because then you can kind of look through the lens of like what would i want right mm-hmm. and then you kind of it's like you can almost test the world to see like you know be able to take new techniques that you see from other industries mm-hmm. and how they apply customer service and then you can adapt them to your own i guess craft right
1: exactly yeah and you get you know and and it all flows back into the the type of person you are and mm-hmm. your, your work life, your non-work life. I mean, one, you know, sales is not, anybody that says they're in sales and they work 8 to 5, 9 to 5, whatever, yeah. I, I, I never believe that. Sales is something, it's a part of who you are, it's a part of your mindset, it's a way you go about your day. Um, I've never met a salesperson that was a great salesperson during the week and then a hermit <laughs> during the weekend because it just doesn't work. You're, you're, it's in your blood. You're surrounded by this all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and and you never know who you're going to meet and you never know who you're going to sit next to on a plane. You may sit next to your next
0: biggest customer. Right. So
1: it, it, it's something that always is with you.
0: I guess the the, the kind of that reminds me it's like you said personality, right? Yes. So were you always a person comfortable with being in situations where you don't know people or don't, you know, have a background even with the person? Did, was absolutely. that normal for you, basically, to be yeah, out absolutely?
1: There? Uh, even when I was a kid, I knew everybody in the neighborhood, and everybody knew me. Oh wow! Um, growing up, I was very out uh, outgoing, um, at times outspoken, <laughs> but very. But then, it's one thing to be outspoken, and it's one thing to be outspoken and be aware of who you who you're around and wording it in a, in a particular way. Right. Uh, but yeah, I've always. Uh, I've worked at companies that had maybe a hundred people in the factory, and I knew every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's important to do that. It's important to walk the floor of the company you're at, or the the store, or wherever it is you're at, and and get to know people and let people know you. Not you know you don't have yeah. to dive into their personal lives, no. But just let them know who you are and you know what their name is. It it makes it makes a big difference. Yeah. And you know, I recently read a study. That was talking about people and their fears, and a lot of people are fear uh, afraid of snakes and heights and mm-hmm. and uh, public speaking. Public is like speaking number one. is the number one. Yeah, and that's the one part about sales that I'm probably the most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And that's important.
0: I think it really shows too with your communication with me, mm-hmm. and then also you're not. I guess it's part of it too. Is like certain people when they become it's not arrogance, so to speak, but it's kind of like the the way they carry themselves when they have a certain amount of experience. It's it com- confidence. Yeah, it's, like, it's a confidence that borderlines like, intimidation where they're not approachable. It
1: can at times, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, first of all, you have to have a certain level of confidence to be in sales. Absolutely. Every day is different. You never know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Yeah. Um, case in point, last year I had the best year of my career. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful year, a lot of great relationships, a lot of good sales. Um, the revenue was 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 the best I've ever had my whole career. Right, three weeks into the new year, the company gets bought. I lose my job. <laughs> so now you wonder and you self evaluate. Well, I got to this point. Now what's wrong? Or, right. Not so much what's wrong, but now what do I do? And how do I equal that benchmark? Mm-hmm. But um, and that gets back to being comfortable with people, networking, knowing people in all kinds of industries and in all types of companies, and. You know, if somebody's going to refer you or recommend you, they want to make sure that you're the type of person that, hey, this guy's going to represent himself well, yeah, and be talkative and be a good listener.
0: Yeah. So then, on top of that, I guess the next part is when you don't have a customer that's happy, right? Yes. How do you handle criticism? Because even though you're not like you're representing a company, you still have to take criticism from customers when they're upset or something doesn't go right. Sure. Even though you might not be the one whose fault it is, because it's you know there's a lot of moving pieces in any given company. How do you handle that? Because you're going to be the one who gets you know probably thrown the com or the, the angry you know spitballs so to speak. <laughs> well, first of
1: all, you have to realize that it's business. Yeah. And that that person, um, if you're late on a delivery or the products don't fit properly or something, that guy or girl. That customer, I should say, has to has to report to somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a reflection on them, and it's going to travel down to you because you represent the company. Yeah. Now it may be somebody running a machine that's late. That maybe the product didn't come out right. It could be a number. It could be a number of a hundred reasons. It's all business. Yeah. It's not personal. If it gets personal don't make it, if, if a customer gets personal with it, keep it business. Yeah. Say, look, I really, first of all, you have to listen to what they're saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You say, and case in point, if I listen to a customer's complaint, I say, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna speak with engineering and find out this answer. I'm gonna speak with scheduling and find out this answer. And I'm gonna call you back in approximately two hours. Mm-hmm. you make sure that you call that guy or girl within that time frame or before mm-hmm. yeah don't say oh well it's 5 o'clock there don't even if you have to leave a, put a voicemail on there within that 2 hour time frame yeah. you make sure you make that call yeah. whatever you say you're gonna do do it yeah and even then when you when all the dust settles you have to prove to yourself that this isn't a goodbye this isn't a a, a, a short term resolution right you want to sustain that relationship, yeah. and you want to say, okay, we got through this. I appreciate your opportunity to letting us do this with you and getting through this. What else could we do? Ask him for more business. Ask them for more opportunities. If he knows that you can handle conflict and a problem well, yeah. then he knows that you're going to be a good partner. Right. So, yeah, and be- <laughs> that's how you handle You could do, it's the old rule, you could do 99 things right. Right. You do one thing wrong, that could cause them a lot of angst and a lot of right. frustration that may be what they think about. Yeah.
0: The negativity bias that we all carry, right? Exactly. And I think kind of going to back to the the like time management side of it is so for you, you're getting emails and phone calls constantly every day, right? Yes. How do you manage your time? Because I think this, this is not for you you know the the email stuff is scaled up more cuz that's like part of your job. Like you're integral to your job. Correct. How do you manage it? Because I think the more people get online and with their jobs ever connected, emailing people, you get you know hundreds of emails a day. Yeah. Is there any like things you do that to manage that so you're not having this overflowing inbox?
1: Well, I try to um, I try to answer them all, whether I'm working on it or whether it's already done within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to get an email on a Monday morning and then reply to it on Tuesday afternoon that I'm working on. I want to let them know right away, let me look into this. I'm old school. I'll either forward it to somebody, but a lot of times I'll print it out, and I'll be taking notes off of that printout, you know, and so on and so forth. So when I reply to them, I can reply properly. Mm -hmm. I try to give myself a 24-hour time frame on replying to all emails. Um, If it's a simple one, you know, you could reply right away. Yeah. Um, I think what I see now a lot of days is, It'll be sent out to four or five people, mm-hmm. and maybe two or three people are copied. Yeah. Well, now you're one of four or five. Well, who's going to do this? So
0: So everybody waits, basically? Everybody
1: kind of waits, but you also need to... And knowing that I will take the initiative, you sometimes end up doing it yourself. So it's... Right. Uh, but you, you do have to structure your time. Mm-hmm. You have to structure what's important. Um, hopefully, you don't get too much spam or junk email that mm-hmm. monopolizes your, uh, your time, but... You have to, uh, you do have to structure it, and you have to respond in in a timely manner.
0: Yeah. So the last thing is, you said note-taking. That's one of the things I just picked up. So do you have any, like, ways you take notes? Because as a sales manager, you have to sit in meetings, and, you know, you get bombarded with information. So do you have any, like, ways of, like, filtering criteria out for yourself that makes, you know, information overload, you know, coupling with the time management a little bit?
1: I I have my own shorthand. Mm Um, it's not as, as as lengthy and concise and exact, but um, like if I'm speaking to a customer about volume and they'll say, uh, um, we, "We spend on testing, we spend a hundred thousand dollars a year." I'll just put one hundred k slash twelve, so I know it's a hundred thousand dollars over twelve month time. Yeah. Or if we spend five thousand dollars a month, I'll just put sixty k slash twelve. Yeah. Or five k slash. Slash one, Right. And I, I just, I, I've, I've developed notes where um, I try to find out not just the person I'm talking to, but who they report to. Yeah. Make sure I get names, make sure I get names and positions, roles. Yeah. Um, and one thing I found out recently that's really, really important is ask somebody if everybody in the company has their email structured the same way. <laughs> If it's John dot White or yeah. if it's J White at yeah. whatever, find out so you will you'll you won't get bounce backs, you'll know how you can communicate right. in a quick and concise manner. Without but I, I try to I try to take notes and take the buzzwords. I know some people, I've been in meetings in my career, they've taken four pages of notes. Right. And that's great. But I don't need to know the color of the shirt or how many pencils they had on their desk. <laughs> I wanna know what type of part numbers you're using, mm-hmm. what's your current supplier's doing and what do you wish they would do? I want to know those things. Yeah. Because those are the things that I'm going to take with me to the next meeting.
0: All right. Well, that's, that's a lot of information. To, like, really, that's super, like, tactical for a lot of people because I think, you know, when you do a lot of book learning and in school and stuff like that, you, you just – you don't really have a, a good format to be able to know what – you need to know, right? right? Like to be able to take things out of context, like unless it's like a bolded word and you're like just memorizing, right? right? But when you get into the working world, you have to really be able to parse what's important and what's not, right? What's junk and what's not junk. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think, you know, one thing about sales and, and somebody going from A formal educational setting Mm -hmm. out into what is called the real world and the real world even in my career at this point still amazes me at times (laughs) I think what's important is to always present yourself in a professional way Mm -hmm. always be respectful of the customers time Mm -hmm. and always uh, you know always have that interest yeah if you're if you if you can sit in a class for four years and get a degree (laughs) And learn an extensive amount of knowledge on several different fields. Yeah. Certainly, when somebody is finally gonna start paying you to use that, give them the idea and give give them the 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 time that it that they deserve to, right. to, to, to communicate with you and and give them your full attention. You know, I, I was I know there's a lot of different names for it now maybe ADD or HD or whatever. I don't know all the acronyms. But when I was a kid, I was all over the place and I would talk about 15 different things at once. Well, now I can juggle 15 things at once. By listening to what I need to do properly, mm-hmm. so it's uh, maybe it's come full circle. Yeah. But by the same token, it's uh, it's a great industry and it can take you to a lot of places. Right. It could, it could I like it I like it because of the travel. I was gonna say, have you traveled anywhere? I've traveled a lot in my career. I've traveled to um, not all the states, but a, quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Canada. I've had customers in Mexico. I've had customers in Ireland. Um, I've had customers in London, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've always enjoyed because that's just more people that you don't know, more right. Experiences, different practices, and it's always been very, it's always been very exciting. I mean, I, I'm one of these few people that, even though it's business travel, I love airports because it's such a study, <laughs> a melting pot, a, a study, a melting pot, a quilt, a plethora, a melagerie <laughs> a decoupage of humanity, and it, it's. I just find them fascinating and interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's 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 the only career I know, but yeah. it, it takes me into a lot of different industries and people.
0: So one of the things that caught my attention there is since you've dealt with people in other companies that are from other places in the world, like Germany, and you know, you have a different culture built in those companies because they're in a different place. Is there any sort of like way you have to deal with customers like that? Because I've heard like Japan. Everyone's very formal, and yeah. they're you know they have to hold they pass their business cards in a specific way, right. stuff like that. So, is there any like things you can build off of that?
1: Well, one of the things that I've noticed is uh, I've done business in Poland, I've done business in Germany, um, Mexico as well, Canada. I've noticed that, especially Germany, it's a very formal business setting, mm-hmm. very formal note taking, very formal introductions. And it's uh, relevant to their products, their products okay. that, that they were manufacturing that I was familiar with, uh, very high quality, very highly engineered, um, and very very precise. Um, it's uh, there's definitely a good sense of team and camarader- camaraderie, and um, it, it's always been a very pleasurable experience. Yeah, uh, throughout the United States, I have noticed that as well. We we have at times a little more relaxed approach. Yeah but we also have, um, we're also, I think the country that everybody relies on to do things quick and fast and, and productive and manufacturing at, you know, at a very high level. Yeah, I think we're a combination of every world market. Wow. Okay.
0: Even till this day, right, where everyone's always worried about China and stuff like that, right? You know, <laughs> and,
1: you know, and there, there's a lot of good companies across, all, all over the world that make a lot of good products. But everybody that I know in manufacturing, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people in manufacturing yeah. right now in the United States, they are very busy. They've never been busier. Right. They have orders that are in the future. <laughs> they ha- I mean, it is just a real good flow of manufacturing. Yeah. So I think we're uh, – uh, whatever it is we came out of, I think we're out of it.
0: Cool. I, I really like the optimistic outlook because you know there's so much gloom and doom in the world right now. It's just a, a, a good – I guess country sentiment and I, I really choose not to really fan that fire in so to speak because I mm-hmm. think you know when we respect each other and we, we really try to look at what's good mm-hmm. and try to you know maximize the good we, we can really build off of that in any way right and um, I guess the, the I want to be respectful of your time and the last few questions I want to have is like what were you, like outside of sales is there anything that you like to dedicate your time, or like, would like, what do you like to do outside of sales, even though it's your professional, Like, is there anything else that you like, and how you apply that in any way? I like to cook. Really,
1: I like to cook, and <laughs> what, what I said about earlier about understanding your products and understanding your customers and everything, yeah, and the whole process. Um, my hobby, if I if I if I, I used to golf a lot, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, I like doing things around the house as well. But my passion outside of the sales world, outside of work is cooking mm-hmm. and not only just buying food and cooking it but i read up on it i watch certain shows that are mostly on public television any favorites um anything by jacques pepin i will okay. watch i will record the old ones and re-watch them mm-hmm. uh, america's test kitchen which is a very hands-on approach mm-hmm. um i avoid the ones on cable like on food network yeah uh where they're eating you know bugs and crazy things if i'm not going to cook bugs at home i don't want to i'm really not interested in seeing people eat bugs right but any or crickets or whatever but uh, anyways um but yeah um but but i will i will get a new cookbook and i will almost read it like a novel and just look at it read it and read it and look online for certain recipes Mm -hmm. and watch videos on specific instruction Mm -hmm. um and uh, i'm i'm familiar and i've pretty much taught myself how to how to how to chop and process things like a professional. Yeah. Uh, cookware is very important, so I'll research that when I want to buy something new. Yeah, I was gonna say,
0: um, do you have like any uh, like utensils, like knives, or any favorite recipes that would be really uh, cool? Well, knives, I've got, um, I've got a couple
1: uh, Wusthof knives that I like a lot. A six-inch chef knife, you use about 90% of the time. Yeah. As far as cooking, um, a regular eight or 10 inch saute pan, and then a Dutch oven you use all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, recipes. I make a um, three cheese wild mushroom lasagna that um, I really, really like. (laughs) This time of year, uh, grilling. I love to grill, um, preferably red meat. Yep. Uh, So. Steaks. (laughs) uh, Steaks, uh, you know, uh, burgers and whatever. But uh, then also this time of year is soups and chilies and things like that. And it's uh, one pop meals are always nice this time of year. So outside of the sales world, my my, my interest and passion, I guess you could call it, would be cooking. That's cool. That's, yeah,
0: it, 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 it's kind of one of those things, too, is because it, to me, too, anything you can bring together is like a community thing, right? Because you, you, I, I try to cook more now. It's like a healthy thing, right? But I find there's more enjoyment out of cooking when you can make a meal for people, right? And mm-hmm. then you get that, you know, you get to see people's face. Sure. And you spent time you know making something for people right with the holidays coming up with thanksgiving and you know getting together with family and friends it, it's yeah really and important.
1: all the different flavors and, and how the i like how the uh, you know you have your summer flavors and then you go into your winter and you're more you're, the foods change yeah and, and i i hope i get this quote right some people some people cook so they can live right i live so that i can keep cooking because <laughs> I, I just i love to do it
0: you're, you're just a lover of food, right? I,
1: I like food. I like the whole process, the shopping for Do it. Do you
0: have any wines, like uh, like favorite wines and like pairings, of, I guess, well, broadly speaking?
1: Yeah, I mean, last week we made a, uh, I made an Oktoberfest at home dinner um, with brats and sauerkraut and German potato salad. And I got a couple of German Rieslings, which are, which paired up real nice. Of course, a German beer goes good with a brat as well. Um, Italian wines uh, I like, but I like almost any kind of a red. California reds are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, California Cabernets with red meats and things like that. But uh, I also like, and they're very very affordable, is the Australian wines. Really? They're very affordable. I would never have
0: expected that. They're
1: fantastic. Um, they're they're light. Some of them are very light. The the Zinfandels are light. The Chardonnays, if you're mm-hmm. if you're doing salad or whatever. Um, and it, down in Brazil, the Brazilian Malbachs are very, very yeah. good. And there's also some very good wines from South Africa that ah. are very reasonable, reasonably priced at, at any store, and a good variety, a real good buy. Um, my favorite chef, and probably the only celebrity that I'd ever really want to meet, <laughs> is, is Jacques Capen. He's an 82-year-old chef who is very hands-on and just very nuts and bolts in his approach. And even he quotes saying, there's no reason to spend more than 15 You don't need to spend over $15 or $20 for a good bottle of wine. There are so many out there that are $6, 7 9 eight, $10 right. for a really nice bottle of wine. That's awesome. And that way you can buy two.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got enough for, you know, dinner and then some, right? There you go. Um, and then so last question before we wrap up here is if there's any, like, quote or something you could put on a billboard as, like, a final parting to the world or a message you could get out to everybody what, what would it be uh, this is stealing from one of my other podcasts Tim Ferriss <laughs> I would say um,
1: hard work and respect goes a long way I like it work hard be respectful of your coworkers of your customer of time of everything and you know hard work and respect go a long way
0: yeah I mean, it's sort of simple and to the point, right? I yes. mean, I think I think if people just live like that in general, not even just coworkers, to people, you know, your neighbors, the people in the car next to you, even though he cut you off, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, and,
1: and, and another quote, uh, and it's something my dad used to say, was um, walk in the other person's shoes for a while. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I think it that alone helps you understand, hey, this person's going through something, this person has this going on. Mm-hmm. And just like getting back to the customer who was angry, He's got something going on. He's gonna be. He's gonna go home. He's gonna be in a bad mood. he's going to right. report to his boss. Just you know, walk in their shoes for a while, and it'll help them understand yours as well.
0: Cool. I think that's a great place to end this one, round one with John White. I really appreciate your time, and actually wanting to do this with me because I know it's kind of outside of the normal working hours here, and stuff like that. And it's just been fun to kind of you know get out of my own comfort zone with all this kind of stuff. Mine too. And it's been very enjoyable. <laughs> I I hope I hope people enjoy the content. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning into the podcast. This was another great episode and I hope you all enjoyed it and learned something from it. And just to reiterate, please go over to one of the Twitters that I had mentioned, Eric Wenzel or at feeding curiosity and shoot me a message on what you guys learned or what kind of episodes you like or questions that I'm asking. Um, and then even if you have any books you want to talk about it too, and also you can find the newsletter over at feedingcuriosity.net all the way at the bottom. Go and subscribe to that as well if you're interested in getting updates for our stuff. So, and then last but not least, thank you to our sponsor, Audible. And if you head over to audibletrial.com feedingcuriosity, you can start your free one month trial, and to get a free book. So if you hit in the description, any of those books that I linked, you can start your Audible trial there as well. So yeah, just check them out guys. And I really hope you enjoy the podcast and everything that we do here. We'll see you all next time. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Feeding Curiosity. I hope you all learned something or at least got you thinking. If you want to dive in deeper, please head over to feedingcuriosity.net To find related links or just more podcasts and blogs that we posted there. On top of this, please consider subscribing to our newsletter to stay up to date on the latest happenings on the website. Thank you all for joining me one more time and we'll catch you all in the next episode.